0: Baseball 365 Podcast, and here are your hosts, Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Welcome to episode number 100 of the Baseball 365 Podcast. My name is Justin Hughes, and thank you for taking some time out of your week to spend with us today. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Baseball365Pod. You can follow myself at Justin Hughes 365 And you can follow Andrew at AMCQ82. You can join our Facebook group, Baseball365, where there are over 2,200 members talking about baseball every day of the week and year. People are joining leagues, talking. We got draft and hold leagues that we started that will be starting up. All the drafts will be starting in about a week from now. There's Dynasty Leagues getting created in there every once in a while too. So if you've never played in a Dynasty League, it's a great way to find other people to play in a Dynasty League with. Um, The best way you can support the show is by going to iTunes. If you were to take a few moments and write us a nice review, leave us a five-star rating, we would be very appreciative and it would be very helpful for us to get our name out there. On tonight's episode, it's going to be part two of the Second Base Breakdown. If you haven't listened to the last one, Andrew and I on episode 99 talked about the first part. It was part one of the Second Baseman. So if you'd like to hear that, just go download that episode and listen to it before coming back to this one. And now it's time to get Andrew on. Congratulations, Andrew. It's episode number 100 where you and I have both recorded did you think when we started this, we'd be here doing episode number 100 two years later?
1: Yeah, it is about two years, isn't it? It was What was it? February?
0: Valentine's Day, 14th, 2019. 14th, 15th? Yep. Yeah. I think it posted on the 15th, but I think we recorded on the 14th, if I recall 14th. right.
1: Yeah, so about two years. Um, I, You know what? I... I can't say for sure that I thought that much about it when we started. I was just like, yeah, this will be fun. Let's do it, you know. <laughs> and, um, man, it's been a lot of fun. I'm glad, like, we're still doing it and going strong and a lot of support from the group, too, which has been great. And uh, thank everybody for that. Thank you, everybody, for that, for sure. It's It's been awesome. Um, not sure I expected to get to 100. But like I said, I just – You don't think that far in advance, Mm -hmm. you know, at least I didn't. I was just like, yeah, let's Let's
0: give it a try. Let's keep,
1: yeah, keep this rolling. And it feels, um, feels like we're kind of hitting our stride here. So, and you and I, thanks for, thanks for everything you do too. I mean, you've, you've brought this podcast a long way. So,
0: yeah, well, it takes both of us. I, I appreciate your expertise that you bring because you're one of the better fantasy baseball minds I know, and you add a lot to it. Because originally, what I don't know if I've ever shared with everybody on here is when I was just thinking about doing this podcast, I wasn't planning on having a co host at the beginning. I was just going to interview somebody different every week, and you was like, hey, if you want a co-host to do this, and I was like, that sounds like a great idea. And then I was like, we can get other people on, which we haven't even done that much because we've been we've had our thing and it's worked. But yeah, I'm really glad you offered because I don't know if you would made if you hadn't made that offer, I don't know if this podcast would still be here. I don't know if I'd have made it this long. Who knows? Yeah, I
1: think I think we need to make it a goal in the next hundred podcasts if we make it that long, which I hope we do, I think we will to get more people on.
0: Yes, I agree.
1: That's, that's a goal of mine that I think we need to try and try and pull off. I
0: can only think of three guests we've had. I may be missing somebody, but we've had Tim McLeod on twice, Chris Winder on twice, and we had Brent Herzog on. Am I forgetting anybody else that's been on that I'm not thinking of?
1: I think that's, I think that's right.
0: We'd better be right on it. that because if somebody's listening and they were on the show, it's like, come on. <laughs> yeah.
1: If there is, it's one more, but I, I don't think, think that's that. it. I think I'm that's pretty it. sure.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's it. So, yes, we got some work to do on that, and I do agree. I think it'd be good to start getting a few more guests on. We've got some good friends in this industry or people that we know that enjoy baseball, and, yeah, I have a goal of getting more of them on at, Definitely. this year too. Yep, couldn't couldn't agree more. Okay, well, we're going to get back into it now. So, here it is, the rest of the second base breakdown. Enjoy. Okay, next to we have our Jake Cronenworth, the Swiss Army knife at 154 overall and Nick Solak who is second base and outfield eligible at 165 Uh, we'll start with Cronomorth here the Pirates well I'm sorry the Padres signed uh, Kim I'm just going to say that and NFBC has him as a shortstop so we will discuss him next week we don't know if there will be a DH in 2021 and might I add I, I guess even before I since I put these notes up Jerks and Profar is now also signed with the Padres to continue mu- muddying up these waters, but there's a chance between all of this, Cronomorph might not have a job on Opening Day just if we have a DH or not. I'm starting to think we do have one, but we'll we'll see on that. His ADP right now is 154, and I look to see what it's been the last 10 days. That's been since Kim signed, and it's not much of a drop. Still the 15th round on his 15th second baseman off the board at 159 overall. When would you be willing to take Cronomorth? Oh,
1: I would have to be later than this. There's just, man, there's just so many questions, isn't there? Yes. It's like he was really good, obviously, in 2020. It was 192 plate appearances, and it was, let's be honest, a lot unexpected. I mean, he's twenty seven, he's a rookie. Or he's twenty seven now. Um and yeah, he was really good, but like now they have Kim. Now they have Profar. I don't necessarily think Profar's gonna stop Cronenworth's playing time, but I think Kim can. And among others, you know, it's just I don't really know what to think, to be honest. I, I'm probably just fading him and He'll fall into somebody's lap maybe, but it probably won't be mine.
0: I wasn't really too keen on him before Kim signed, to be honest. I mean, four home runs and three steals in 54 games. Solid, but I don't know. Or What are you expecting to get out of this guy over a full season? I mean, 10 to 13 home runs and 10 to 13 steals. Everything. I mean, good batting average, but probably not hitting at the top of this Padres lineup. I, I, I wasn't really too keen before. And now that you add playing time risk. Yeah. He's got to go. I don't think I'm taking him yeah. the reserve rounds personally.
1: The playing time risk is the big thing. I yes. mean, that's cause I actually think it's, you know, I know we were just saying VR on a bad team, but like if this guy was on a, a team where there was a spot for him, I mean, he could be awesome actually, you know, it's just, That's the biggest thing for me. I just feel like there's way too many um, question marks with, I mean, San Diego's just getting everybody. It's like, what do they, what do they think? They're going to play 20 guys at a time. I mean, what's going on there? It's (laughs) it's just nuts. I can't, I couldn't believe I saw the profile thing today.
0: They're just looking at the Dodgers roster and seeing how many starter caliber players the Dodgers have. And it's like, we got to get that many. Yeah. Something. (laughs) It's, It's wild. Yep, they're talking to JT Real Muto tonight. Not really, <laughs> but still. Okay, uh, Nick Solak. Um, he hit 32 home runs in 2019 between the majors and minors with only seven steals. And in this abbreviated 2020 season, he only hit two home runs but stole seven bases in 58 games. What are your thoughts on Solak?
1: Um, not, a, not a ton to add, really. I mean, it's... I think he's an okay hitter with not a ton of power, really, and some speed. I think he could be all right. He's dual-eligible, isn't he, second-base outfield? Yes.
0: Terrible defender. (laughs) I will add that. He's a very weak defender everywhere.
1: It's a little tricky. He's at least on the Rangers where he's going to get run, but... um, yeah, I'm just I'm kind of just so-so on him here. I I feel like a lot of people really really like him, so maybe I'll miss the boat on that. But yeah, he's fine. I mean he he's going to contribute some in steals, which is nice for sure. But a little bit of a versatile piece. I I don't I don't know. I just don't know what to expect with his power and uh, playing guys that don't hit for much power is tough. But he did have the one big year in the minors, so potentially it's just hard for me to peg it. That park was really bad for power. I do know that.
0: Rangers. Yes. And that doesn't help that it's a new park. But I'm in on Solak. I was disappointed, you know, as, as his stock went up because of the stolen bases and the playing time this last year. I was disappointed in the performance, only hitting two home runs. And again, going into the offseason, being able to dive into why that happened and what was going on, what he was doing. I got to say I was a little more pleased when I went and saw what, like, what the underlying stuff. His home run to fly ball rate went from 20%, which was a little high, down to 3.4% this last year. And he makes good contact. I mean, exit velocity, 69th percentile, hard hit rate, 55th. So he's slightly above average on terms of how hard he's hitting the ball. Launch angle is average. So I don't expect this, like, 20, like, what did he, did I say hit 32 home runs? I don't yeah. expect him to come anywhere near that. I But I do expect a rebound. I think he'll be in the mid to high teens on home runs. The speed was something, because he stole so few bases the year before, and I really wasn't sure that was there. But when I went and looked, he's in the 91st percentile in, sp- in sprint speed on Fan group, or on the baseball savant, and that surprised me, and that made me think, okay, maybe this guy is a double-digit steal guy. To where, if I think in my head that you might be able to get fifteen to twenty home runs, and get ten to fifteen steals, I it just made it made me more interested. I think I'm willing to take. How many? Him
1: with, how many home runs do you think he hits? Fifteen to seventeen.
0: Yeah, Steamer projects, let's see. Steamer projects 18. I think I might be slightly lower than that, but I wouldn't be shocked if he got up to 20. But I would I would conservatively. Were you trying to get a a bet out of that one? Yeah, but yeah. You're, you're you're giving I went a too. weak number. So. Yeah, I'm sorry. I it just <laughs> I'm not going to go crazy here. I don't think it's not quite as high as I would t- like ketel Marte because he doesn't have quite the uppercut swing Marte has and he i i, I kind of like
1: i kind of like Solek too i just um yeah it just kind of like whatever to me at this spot i think it's fine
0: i just, i don't love it i don't hate it yeah i'd be much more likely to get baited into a bet on his stolen base projection than his home run projection i i like i i would take the over on that nine and i think it'll probably oh be i would to too 12 to 15 yeah i was
1: i actually would be more likely to flip the two <laughs> yeah it's the, possible the homers and steals i 18 homers and nine steals. I think that's backwards a little bit, but um, I think part of the reason I I would maybe pass on Solak too is like some of these names that we're about to get to Mm -hmm. further down, they're like the same type of guy to me and they're just later. So I don't know. It's, there's a lot of them I'm looking at here,
0: but he's projected for 27 home runs plus steals. I would take the over on that too. Just to make that clear, I still I yeah. think he's better than that. Okay, yeah, definitely could be. He'll he'll get a lot of opportunity. I
1: mean, there's I mean, a lot of rope, and I mean, I think he's a pretty good hitter too. So
0: yes. Moving on, we have three more second basemen to touch on here: uh, Nick Madrigal, one ninety three overall; Andres Jimenez at one ninety four, second base, third base, and shortstop; and Jean Zagura at one ninety five. I looked up Andre Jimenez's ADP in the last 10 days. That's since Lindor was traded and it's 168. So, he's moving up. Would you take him or Solak first who was going right around there?
1: So, or uh Jimenez.
0: Yeah. I I I'll get it Jimenez. with the speed cuz this guy looks like he could have 25 to 30 home runs or st- stolen bases in him. So, yeah. yeah, I feel
1: like I feel like with um mm-hmm. I know we would kind of talked about Jimenez earlier in the offseason, and now I think it's, it's just a better spot for him because they obviously traded for him. Lindor's gone. So I want to say they have him even slated to hit leadoff.
0: Probably. Um,
1: and obviously the lineup isn't going to be great, but as of now at least Jose Ramirez is hitting behind him if if he's hitting leadoff. And there's quite a bit of speed. He's triple eligible. I mean, the projections are good on him. Like they're it's a valuable player, you know, like double digit home yeah. runs and twenty plus steals. I mean, that's that's a pretty valuable player, especially when you consider he's triple eligible. So
0: um
1: yeah, I like I like Jimenez. Don't have any shares of him yet, so maybe that'll change.
0: I agree with you, and I would take Jimenez over Solak too. As I talk up Solak Yes, you can get Jimenez later if you're looking at ADP, but you're not gonna be able to get him later. He's
1: yeah, he's moving up. Yeah, yeah.
0: he's gonna be going in front of Solak. I think by the time it's all said and done,
1: the last uh, the I've got the last two weeks draft champions drafts pulled up, and it's so it's just eight drafts, um, and Jimenez is going seventeen it, one uh, one forty eight. Yeah, and Solak is one sixty five. So he's yep. about eight. 17 picks in front of him
0: yeah i expect that's only
1: only eight drafts but i mean it's moving up because of the trade so
0: yep so we're both in on him and as 36 home runs plus stolen bases projected with 23 of them being speed and or steals yeah
1: one thing i just want one thing i just want to throw in real quick and i thought of it just because i mentioned that but anybody who uses these tools for like adp or looks at you know Uh, Well, I mean, I mostly use NFBC. I know you do, too. But any type of tool that you're using ADP for, when there's players that have a drastic change to their value this time of year, I would highly recommend looking at the date as to when something happened. I used the example off – we weren't recording last week, but I used the example of Amir Garrett and Lucas Sims Mm -hmm. um, when Rysel Iglesias was traded. Do not look at Amir Garrett and Lucas Sims ADP for the entire offseason because their ADP before Rysel Iglesias was traded is 100% worthless right now. Yep. It means nothing. So look up you know, whatever date it was, and I don't know what it was, but and go from that day forward. And yep. then you have a much better idea of where to at least target them. I'm not saying you have to take them there or anything like that, but it just gives you a better gauge as to where people are looking to draft them and stuff. If, if you're like kind of wanting to eyeball something like that, I just thought of it because Jimenez kind of, you know, it hasn't been that long since this with Lindor and Jimenez, but um, just things to kind of think about when you're looking at that stuff.
0: Yep. Uh, As I said before, I looked at the last 10 days and that's because that's when Lindor was traded. That's, that's the stuff that matters. What happened before when there were a lot of questions and marks about playing time doesn't same for if Jonathan VR signs with the, um, Baltimore Orioles tomorrow, you better not look at that ADP and think, Oh, I can get him at one top 20. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Take him at 38 and you'll get him. Uh, Moving on to Nick Madrigal. Uh, Lou Landers asked us to predict his home run total. And we did do this on Steamer Over Under podcast a month ago, but now that we're in baseball draft season for a lot of people, um, I thought I'd ask you again. What would you set the number at?
1: Madrigals, home runs?
0: Yes. If you were setting an over-under. Three or four. And I would take the under. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I want to see right if around. I can get you in on a bet on this. What if we settle at no, two and a half no, no, and I take not, the under? Nope, Come on. Nope, all he has nope. to do is get three balls in the wind. Nope. You want to do it. Nope, I'm not
1: doing it. <laughs> I actually already knew that you were going to try and bet me on this, and I told myself <laughs> I ain't betting on Nick Madrigal hitting any home runs. So,
0: <laughs> Oh, shoot. <laughs> yes, yeah, so I thought, man, surely if I put it at two and a half, all he has to do is get three some dry no. day or go play in Wrigley field. Yeah, they even well, he'll even play in Wrigley. <laughs> I don't care. Can't get it. So, um let's just move that on. If you're not if you're projecting 3 or 4 home runs, how many steals does he have to get to be worth a 193 overall price? Cuz we kind of know the batting uh, average is going to be there. Yeah, the
1: batting average should be there. Um, I would say close to, gosh, probably 25, I would say, at
0: least. I think it's got to be higher than that. Yeah, just probably. Because the, I mean, you're getting a. Nothing. I'm
1: just thinking off the top of my head. I didn't even, yeah. even consider the question. But yeah, probably uh, 25, 30, at least.
0: Yeah, I think he's got to be. 30 plus, maybe even 35 to 4. If he's getting 35 to 40, then you're getting D Gordon numbers. And D Gordon was going pretty early in drafts.
1: Yeah. I mean, he will or he should hit for a high average. Yes. So there's at least that, but I mean, it's hard nowadays to have a guy in your lineup every day that hits three home runs or zero home run or, you know, whatever he hits. So that's, yeah, that's pretty tough. I feel like you have to have constructed a, a certain type of team. And like these people that just love Nick Madrigal. I, I just want to be like, well, I hope you know how to build around him because like you're just in a huge hole out of the gate. And I know that there's a lot of power you know, spread out and all of that and you can find power's pretty easy to find up and down the board, but at the same time, like are his steals gonna be elite? Yeah, there's just there's a lot of questions there. I I tell you if if Nick Madrigal doesn't break twenty steals, he's gonna be worthless. I feel like. Yep.
0: He is so, one of my least favorite players going in the top two hundred. And I know that's kind of cheating, it's one ninety four, but I guess I would say an entire drafts. I just, I want no part of them at here at um, actually 193 I should say, but I, want, yeah. I just want no part of them. I don't think the speed's elite enough to make it any, make me interested. I loved owning D Gordon years ago because the guy would go out there and steal. I mean, 15, yeah, 60 I, don't bags. Think he,
1: I don't think he's doing that. That's the thing. I, do I I don't think he's as fast. I just, if he goes out there and like, steals 40 or something then we'll talk but you know what I'm saying I just I just don't really see that
0: so there you go do not draft Mick, Nick Madrigal according to the baseball 365 podcast I mean let me ask you this then we both don't like his prize how much further do you think he'd have to go before you'd actually start considering him
1: well the next grouping like after these three is pretty gross for the most part so Somewhere in there, probably. I don't know exactly where in there, but... I mean, he is young, and he's, he, he will play. Like, that's the thing. He's going to play every day, so... I don't know. Some of those guys in that next group, they're... oh, it's rough.
0: Yeah. I, I I would take him ahead of a lot of the, some of those guys on that next group, I, but I still... I, I would just cringe. I would rather just keep waiting, I think, and just get a... I, I think I would rather just continue waiting and keep letting him fall. Eventually, at some point, you got to take him, but yeah. I just don't want to. And Thankfully, there's somebody in every draft that loves Nick Madrigal, so I don't think I'm going to have to worry about that.
1: Yeah, yeah, you shouldn't have to.
0: Gene Segura. Um, the steals are declining, 33 in 2016, 20, down to 22, 20, and 10 over the next three full seasons. Stole only two last year. Steamer projects ten for this next year. Over under ten bags. Uh, over. Okay, what would you project them for?
1: Like twelve to fourteen, somewhere in there.
0: Would you do an over under ten with me? Because I will take the under on it. Didn't we do this last year? Probably, because I I have been bagging on Segura for two years. <laughs> That's, yeah, this is probably yeah. and why. I
1: and I like Segura actually, so I think it's just a guy we disagree on. But yeah, I'll take it.
0: I'll take. Don't get me wrong. Ten. He's a solid a batting average guy, and yeah, uh, yeah. We'll say over or under ten. Tens a push. That's fine.
1: I'll take the over.
0: All right. We'll see you next year. Whenever we make our over or under <laughs> eight Segura oh eight steals for Segura. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: yeah. I, um... <laughs> With Segura for me, it's really like it's one ninety-five, so round 13, 14, Um, it's gonna play every day. Two eighty five career hitter, and I just don't feel like he kills you anywhere. I mean he basically does everything, pretty consistent with batting average and um you know, it's it's just a little bit of everything type of guy, you know. But I but I feel like a lot of these guys are like that
0: yep. too like uh, that that is going to be my point I, could, I don't
1: see what makes you know like Nick Solak going 30 picks later like why is it just because he's young and like maybe he's you can dream on more or
0: uh Nick Solak I think could be like I said I would take the over on 28 home runs plus steals I think he'll be more I think he can be in the 30 to 35 range on that and I don't see that out of Segura yeah
1: I think you're pushing it though. I mean, that's the
0: high end, but I'll take the high 20s to 30. And I
1: get that there's more growth potential with a guy that's 25 than a guy that's 31 or whatever Segura is. I'm not positive on his age. 30. Um, But he's also just been doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it, you know? So.
0: There's a guy um, who I'll talk later who I think is very similar, which is m- more my point of why I'd rather. Yeah, waiting.
1: there's quite a few. Like I feel like a lot of the guys right now that we're going through, they're kind of a lot uh, like this. Like you, it's a, just a little bit across the board, sprinkled in. And yeah, I just think Segura's solid, but a lot of it's just because I feel like he's going to play it. If there's a, if there was a warning sign for him to not be playing then i'd probably be more down on him
0: yeah yeah i do think the playing time's definitely looking pretty good for him okay let's keep moving i just looked at the clock and we have definitely been talking (laughs) on these guys
1: surprise Um, surprise surprise (laughs) 20
0: through 28 uh i think this is probably where we will be able to skim through more guys though jerks and profar now with san diego at at 209 these are all guys going in the 200s, by the way. from Jerks and Profar is at 209. And the last guy was at 294. I won't be giving numbers between. David Fletcher with the Angels, uh, second, third, and shortstop eligible. Chris Taylor with the Dodgers, then who's second, short, and outfield. Gavin Lux, uh, Ryan McMahon, uh, John Birdie, Garrett Hampson, Mauricio Dupont, and uh, Wilmer Flores, they're at 294. So, who are your preferences on this list?
1: I birdie's the one that stands out. I mean, I just think that you know some of these guys just aren't very good. I mean, they're multi-eligible, which is which is great, but um, I think there's multiple bad, bad players here. So, I don't know. I'm just not interested in most of them. I, I think that birdie's the one that can give you. 20 plus steals maybe 25 plus steals um i think i looked at his steamer 600 which is basically steamer but projected if everybody gets 600 at bats and he was like 24 25 steals yeah and i actually i actually think that's light like if i think i think i don't think he's gonna get 600 at bats but i think if he did he would have north of 30 probably. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I just think that he has that, that a lot of, you know, that's a scarce thing about him. You know, there's just not a lot of guys that have that. And I think that he'll play enough. He probably won't play quite every day. I mean, but he can move around a little bit and I just, I think he'll play enough that it's, uh, it's valuable. I think he stole nine bases this past year and 39 games and i want to say i looked at his last 162 games including the minors and it was close to 40 steals so um i just think that's there i like i like him uh lux is interesting obviously you're just hoping the playing time's there i feel like it should be um he's definitely the best player of all these guys that you named yep uh, it's not even close <laughs> but um yeah you're just kind of guessing there a little bit and then with the other ones, you know, like I don't really mind Chris Taylor in like a draft and hold where he's triple eligible and probably, you know, versatile enough that they're going to play him and stuff like that. But I don't like a lot of these guys. I mean, McMahon, we kind of mm-hmm. spilled spilled it on him and I'm kind of just done with Hampson. Like if Hampson does it now, it's going to just be like, OK, I guess whatever. <laughs> like it's I'm just kind of just done. I mean, I I like what he can bring to the table, but. I've just been kind of beat up on that, and I'm just tired of it. He is going later than ever, though, so it's kind of – or at least later than he has the last couple of years, so maybe now's the time to keep doing it. But I just – I can find other guys that kind of do the same. I mean, it is kind of almost like what I've said with Birdie. They're actually close here, and yep. they can maybe kind of do the same thing. But
0: I feel very I similarly just, about both of them, and I think – I think Birdie has the better chance of getting the full time at bats this year, but I think Hampson. I I slightly like him a little more in terms of the upside, just because he's in Colorado and if he could actually find his way and hit. Yeah,
1: but I mean, yeah, but I mean, how mm. many times are we gonna? Send,
0: oh, I know. Oh, I know. You know, two years like ago, many, we were all over this send, guy.
1: How many times are you gonna send that Rockies meme out? It's just like, oh,
0: no. <laughs> you know. Oh, gosh, you're right. And he's striking out way too much. He's got to get that under control. For a guy that's more of a contact guy with not a ton of power, he's striking out way too much right now. He's got to get that fixed. And he hasn't done himself any favors. As much as I want to beat up the Rockies, he's not. I mean, when you're striking out 27% of the time in 2019 and 32% of the time in 184 plate appearances last year, he's got to do better. And... Yeah, it's frustrating. Uh, I do hear people who like to Dubon, and I'll admit I'm not too knowledgeable on the guy, and I don't remember hearing you ever talk about him. What are your thoughts on? Him?
1: I mean, he's got a pretty decent hit tool. I'd say average-ish, average to above average, and just not—I mean, just not really much power or speed. I don't really see too much that makes him intriguing. They've—they've they've got. I believe the Giants right now have Solano and Crawford at second and short, and then they've got Alex Dickerson and um, who am I? Who am I forgetting? Who's the other outfielder that's good?
0: Mm, Yastrzemski. Yastrzemski, yeah. So there's,
1: I think Dubon's slated for center right now.
0: Over slated.
1: Yes. Mm. Well, last I looked, but that's my point. Is I don't feel like that's a lock. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where I was going with this is I feel like all four of those that I named are probably going to play a whole, over him, even though it's, you know, it's probably a bad team and maybe he's, he's playing a lot, but um, I don't think it's too much to get excited about personally. He's kind of just one of those guys I view as like a placeholder until somebody better comes along or their next wave of talent. So he may be, you know, he may be around for a few years, but I just think he's kind of gonna wander around this area, you know, just like maybe dual eligible, triple eligible, given years, but probably not uh, too exciting.
0: All right, let's move on to the next tier here. These are the guys going in the three hundreds, twenty nine through thirty nine on second baseman. Uh, Ty France is at three hundred four. Tommy Lastella, 307. I guess I don't need to keep going down these numbers. Joey Wendell with the Rays. Scott Kingery, who's second base and outfield eligible. I don't think I remember seeing that he was outfield eligible. Starlin Castro, uh, Luis Arias. Cesar Hernandez, Jonathan Scope, Michael Chavis, Colton Wong, and Luis Urias. So if these guys in the 300s, now we're end game or reserve rounds. Who are the guys that interest you on this group?
1: Oh, I would say it depends some on what I have to this point. Um, You know, you're kind of in a spot here where you're looking at bench guys, draft and hold. So dual eligibility helps. I do, I kind of like, um, I think the best hitters here or the best players are probably Cesar Hernandez scope for the power and Colton Wong. If I had to take like three guys, just straight up. I mean, Starlin's all right too, I guess, but just not exciting. I, yeah, these guys are just, it's gross. Honestly, (laughs) like it's pretty disgusting, but like, Listella dual eligibility, Wendell triple eligibility. If you're in a draft and hold, that's always kind of handy, especially after pick 300. So it kind of depends on what you're going for. I mean, Scope's got the power, like I said, and then some of the other guys is just a little bit more all around. I don't know. I don't really love any of them. What do you think?
0: Colton Wong's the one I wanted to bring up, and this goes back to Jean. Is Cedric. he going
1: to sign? Is he going to sign anywhere?
0: He will. I mean. Yeah, also, you know, actually, I was just thinking while you were talking, I would feel more confident that he's going to sign somewhere and be a starter over Jonathan VR right now. Would you agree with that, or would you think no? You think VR is more likely to be starting? Somewhere well, long? I don't.
1: I don't feel strongly about it, but I'm not going to make the claim that, like, I don't feel strongly enough about it to make a claim that I think one is going to more than the other. I guess.
0: I just think VR's a better fantasy player, but I think Wong's a better baseball player personally. I'm curious actually. Maybe this is an off base. I'm gonna right now I'm looking at Wong. He's a Man, you a,
1: love you love Colton Wong.
0: Yep. I <laughs> I do this year just because I think his price is so low. No,
1: it is. It is low, yeah, it is.
0: And well, actually, you know, he was a four win player when he went twenty four forty last year. That um, being VR, but every other, I mean, two win player negative point four three. Wong on the same 2.8, three point seven, two point eight, two point two. I don't know. I I just think overall, I think Wong's a better baseball player. Do you
1: have a Do you have a guess as to where you think he'll go?
0: The Cardinals. I think he goes Cardinals. right back to St. Louis. Yeah. I just we don't. I think eventually. That's what's going to happen. I know they're still talking to him, and they're interested in bringing him back. I don't think there's going to be many other options, so I think eventually he comes back. There's no way he's going to sign somewhere else and be a bench bat over signing with, or with before without going back to St. Louis. So yeah, no, it, it makes sense. At the beginning of the offseason, I would have guessed the Red Sox. I think I'd heard those rumors at the time, and still possible, but... I think I'd say St. Louis at this point. That's why he's still sitting out there is because nobody else has come yet. But um How
1: high how yeah. high would you move him up if he if you knew
0: right now he was back with St. Louis?
1: Like I where think, would you where would you take him on this whole list?
0: Where would I take him? Well yeah I, I know or where I,
1: do you think's appropriate?
0: I personally I we talked about it. He was one of my favorite guys in the three hundred to four fifty. And I do think I would take him. I mean, his ADP here is 391. So we're talking, what is that? 26th round? Is that right? Yeah. Roughly, yeah. Yeah. I'm taking him as my, as, in the 23rd, 22nd, as one of my last starters. I just, I'm fine with him as my middle infield guy. And if, like, in that Moustakis example, where I took Moustakis and plugged him in at corner, I just kept waiting because. You, I, I get to. The... I
1: think you're gonna. I think you're gonna have to take him higher than that, though. If he's signed,
0: he's okay. gonna move up. Yeah, you did. Ask I mean, these times. guys
1: are all. You could go. I mean, like you, David Fletcher's at two eighteen. I mean, you're taking him over him, right?
0: I am personally, yes, but yeah. I don't like, think he's going to get up to 218. I don't think he's ever been that high of a player. I think he's always been a 17. Yeah, I, to... think he, I
1: think he was going in like round 14 or something last year, somewhere in there, well, 14, he, 15. It'd take me a I could be wrong, it. but I just think he'll move up quite a bit, I guess is my point, Cause, mostly because these guys ahead of him are junk. I mean, a lot of them are junk. So. Yeah.
0: I don't know. I still think he's uh, 18 to 20 overall yeah uh, possibly and I think maybe even later I still think he's going early 20s if if so and but if he if he moved high enough I'd get off of him because it goes back to what I was saying about Segura I don't see a huge difference I think Segura is better for the runs in RBI because Colton Wong is the type that can get moved down a lineup he takes a walk well so he also can hit at the top of a lineup I mean he's at a on base over three fifty in four of the three of the last four years, but yeah, I I, I like him. That's just it's it's one of those guys that I think can get you about ten home runs and ten to fifteen steals.
1: Yeah, possibly possibly even more steals. Yep. I actually think I actually think I would rather draft him knowing the landing spot at a higher price than right now. Because I don't think that the price, you know, even if it even if it moved up, like I said, a, a good chunk, it's still cheap. Mm-hmm. It's still going to be cheap. And I don't. I mean, the difference between pick two ninety one and three ninety one. I mean, whatever. You know, if I know if that means I know where he's at, then I feel like that's worth it.
0: I'm taking him ahead of everybody in his tier and probably the tier ahead of him. I, was I don't to Say that, yeah. Maybe. I, I mean, I, I, I would right take there with him. Ahead of,
1: yeah, close. I would. I would take Birdie ahead of him, but I. I get it. Yeah, they're all like.
0: They're close. I agree
1: with. I agree with a lot of that. Yeah.
0: And I, you might be right on Birdie. That that's fair, especially since he's got a starting spot at the moment. That yeah, I think that probably is. Fair.
1: And it's all. It's all like off the top of my head, but the point is, is you know, there's 15 guys in between there, so that's. A lot of guys, he's jumping.
0: Scott Kingery. Moving on to him, is he going to play every day for the Phillies?
1: Well, they've got him slated for second base right now. I don't know. I don't. I would
0: think they'd go sign somebody and want to keep him as a utility guy.
1: Yeah, I don't. I don't really know what to think. I haven't really been a believer these last couple of years, but we'll see. It's at least right situation for him, so.
0: You got to have him as the utility guy. That way, when Roman Quinn goes on the IL on the third day of the season, he can go play center field. Yeah. <laughs> but so, not much of a believer. Are you, are you, I mean, he does have multi position eligibility here, and you can put him in the outfield. Are you, would you take him? I mean, it is a nice 16 and 11 steamer projection whenever you're looking at home runs and steals, but yeah, man. Yeah, and
1: it's pretty, it's, it's pretty late too, right? Yeah. Versus ADP at?
0: Oh yeah, we're talking three. Ne- oh yeah, three
1: seventeen. I mm-hmm. I missed that. Uh, probably guys in that range. I'd rather take. Okay. Like like your boy Colton Law.
0: Yes, most definitely. <laughs> um, but
1: yeah, I, I just don't, I don't think I'm drafted and probably there. But um, if he plays the whole year and it could be all right. Just I feel like he's got a lot of downside too.
0: What about Ty France? I remember him 2 years ago being a really sexy name cuz he was absolutely destroying the ball in Triple A and then he got called up by the Padres for a quick minute and he didn't do great, didn't do terrible, but went to was traded to the Mariners last year and he did impress in 2020 hitting 305, only hit 4 home runs in 43 games, but he did show pop when he was in Triple A, 27 home runs in 76 games. In the PCL, but still that, that that does show that there is some pop there. Are you interested in him at all?
1: You know, I'm not really. I mean, I haven't I haven't thought much about him, to be honest. I just felt like when he was tearing up the miners and all that, it was just so inflated by PCL and stuff. And I I will say though, that if he's Getting the at-bats, there's probably more power potential than I'm giving it credit for. Like, it wouldn't surprise me if he was just hitting bombs for, you know, short stretch. I mean, I don't expect it to uh, happen for the whole season or anything like that. But um, if he went through, like, a hot stretch or two in that lineup with home runs, uh, it it wouldn't surprise me. Okay. I'm not that I guess to answer your question, I'm not that interested. You
0: don't but. sound too in love here. All right. We don't list off these um guys after forty when we get to this point. There are guys up for, um from forty one to eighty eight, all of these guys with ADPs in the from four to seven fifty. And Mom, um, are any of these guys interesting late round picks and redraft leagues as late bench slots or even draft and hold leagues that you'd be interested in?
1: Yeah, actually, well, like in a draft and hold, I mean just to name off some that I think could be okay. But Brasso in Tampa, uh, Jazz Chisholm, I think he's going to have an opportunity. Obviously, good prospect. Um, Nico Horner, same thing. You know he should play some.
0: Is he going to start uh, for the Cubs like right now? Because with the trades they've been making so far, how close is he to? I think it's.
1: Playing I for? think it's kind of on the one of like they're on the fence guys. I don't think that these. Not sure if they have him slotted. I haven't looked. at field, right lately. Center field, yeah. Um, Solano. I mean, a lot of these guys are just going to get at bats. Like Adam Frazier, if you need bats mm-hmm. late. Uh, Brendan Rogers potentially, um, Chad Pinder should get at-bats, Bruhan Speed, if, if they call him up. I, there's there's quite a few guys going down here. I mean, we're talking really late draft and hold type stuff, but, um, yeah, I feel like there's some darts late in middle infield that you can throw and possibly hit something.
0: Did we talk about Bruhan on here before? Like the odds, the likeliness, likely? How likely think it is so. we see him? You do or not I no? don't
1: think so. I like, don't think we talked about him.
0: How likely do you think it is that the Rays could get him up this year? Because there is appealing mm. upside in that guy. I don't know.
1: If I. I think it's like. For him to like, if he just gets called up at any point this year, yeah,
0: like gets in. I would
1: say, I would say, like, I'd probably lean yes that he does. Like, not that much over fifty percent, though. I'm not like confident in it. I mean, they just have the Rays just have such a logjam with. There's so many guys that. They funnel in and out and platoon and play, you know, like I'll say this. I'm not in love with Bruhan's upside until I am convinced that he's an everyday player in the major leagues with the Rays. Well, I mean, I'm just assuming with the Rays because that's obviously the team that he's on. And it's that's a that's tough, man. Like that's going to be tough for him. I feel like. Mm-hmm. what do you think I mean don't you think like especially this year I don't expect that at all I was just more saying odds we see him but um I don't know like I'm not even completely sold he's an everyday player for that
0: no I mean they've got Willie Adamas already there and Wanda Franco's on his way should debut at some point this year and that's your middle infield Unless you decide that you're going to move Adamus or Brujan, maybe you can put a Brujan in the outfield, and maybe that's how. Yeah, it you could.
1: Yeah, you could.
0: But, you know, he played 55 but, games yeah, in Double A just... in 2019. So knowing the Rays, that means they probably would have started him in Double A this year, and then they would have mid-season moved him up to Triple A. And under their normal schedule, that means he could have debuted this next year in June, July, once they got past that threshold. And I think it's possible that still happens, but they could also use this as an excuse that, because the Rays like playing these games that, well, we need to keep seasoning, seasoning this guy. We're going to get him that for full season in the minors after only, you know, after missing a lot of time. I, we don't know how he did in camps this last year. We, I mean, that's the hard part with all these guys. We don't know how, what, their performances were. And maybe they're like, maybe they're sitting there right now trying to get him to sign some team friendly deal so they can get him up m- m- real early. I mean, that's possibly happening too. But yeah,
1: I feel like there's two outcomes with Bruhan over the course of the next like three to five years. And it's basically he plays every day and he's awesome in fantasy. Or
0: he doesn't Hamson. play every,
1: or he doesn't play every day. <laughs> he's
0: basically. Garrett Hampson.
1: I mean, I think that if he plays every day, he's going to be awesome in fantasy. I do think that, but I just have a lot of concerns, especially with that team. Like, I just don't know how I feel about him get playing enough to really make a huge impact. You know, but if he does, I mean, look out because the steel the speed's there and. A lot of upside, so we're probably getting too a little too far off the track of <laughs> the redraft stuff. But it's good to throw into dynasty talk too. I mean, it's a little. Um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of waffling on him right now in dynasty. I don't really know what to think. I'm just, I'm just not sure.
0: Uh, he stole forty-eight bag, bags in ninety-nine minor league games. There's yeah. a lot oh, he... of speed there. Yeah, definitely. And I'll tell you this. Uh, you're right. We've gone way too long on this guy. <laughs> but um, I don't know if there's any team in baseball I'd be more happy about somebody being a sp- switch hitter on than a Tampa Bay Ray just because of how much they like to play the platoon games. And it doesn't mean that he's be- he might be better on one side over the other, and I don't know that yet. But I like that. I've read,
1: I read stuff, too, that um... – at least going into last year, which obviously there was no minor league season last year, but reports about how bad his hard hit rates were and how he just mm-hmm. doesn't strike the ball with any authority. And it's like, you know, speed can only take you so far. I mean, if he isn't hitting the ball hard at all, and I don't know, it's just a,
0: that gives me a Xavier Edwards vibe. Yeah.
1: Yeah. a There's little bit. There. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's just, I'm just not sure how I feel about it. And while I, I do recognize the, that it's the speed is there to where if, you know, it could if it's D Gordon, then that's phenomenal, yep. obviously, for the stretch that he did it. He was great. But um, just some questions there, I guess.
0: Is it how close are we to fault calling Brennan Rogers a failed prospect at this point?
1: I'm not there yet. I, I wish I just wish that they would play him. Like just play him every day. I mean,
0: <laughs>
1: I don't know. Do you realize I think, what you're you know,
0: asking the I know, Rockies right. to do?
1: Yeah, I'm asking way too much. <laughs> I I think I was thinking about this. I think that a lot of the reason that Brendan Rogers has kind of gone through what he's gone through is because of Trevor's story. Because mm. I think what if like no, i had to pin this... go if i had to pinpoint all of this you know trevor story comes up and brendan rodgers was a better prospect than trevor story if you know a few years ago when they were both prospects trevor story comes up and i don't think that anybody really thought that he would be this i mean nobody i mean how how could you you know and It's like one of those things, you know, he took off right away and has been awesome ever since. I mean, he's basically hasn't really even struggled. And I just don't think that, you know, I think they probably envisioned a world where Trevor's story came up, struggled at a certain point or for a while. And then they said, "Okay, that's enough. Here's Brendan. And it never happened. And so then it was like, oh, what do we do now? Because we obviously can't take story out. So, and it just, you know, story kind of changed all of that. But um, that's just kind of my vibe on it. I don't even know if there's any truth to that, but it's just kind of a feeling I had because I think that they all viewed Brendan Rodgers as their shortstop of the future, you know, a few years back, and it just hasn't panned out. But I'm not quite ready to call him failed prospect. I believe he's just 24, is it? So, I don't know. I still think there could be something there, but I just think that... He's one of the, those guys that need to just drop him into the lineup and let him play for half a season and see what happens. You know, it just seems like it hasn't really happened yet. So,
0: my first dynasty league was 2016. I took Rogers in the startup. He would have been in first-year player drafts that year. Um, and that was the year that Jose Reyes, going into the year, was the starting shortstop for the Colorado Rockies, and he had that suspension happen. And Trevor Story was and the start to start that year. And he was supposed to just be a starter for the forty games Reyes was out or whatever it was until Reyes returned. And yeah, that's when he blew up. I think that's a really good point about that. Nobody expected it. I mean Story was a former first round pick, I think. But he had he just wasn't supposed to do what he did. And that definitely did get in Roger's way. But that said Rogers still hasn't progressed like he needed to, to be that top yeah. five overall player that people expected him to be. And if he had, he'd be their starting second baseman. And I think it's a little of both. It's just a bad, bad story. No pun intended. Whenever you think. Yeah.
1: A hundred, a 102 plate appearances in the majors for Brendan Rogers.
0: So not far. many. It's
1: just crazy. Cause it's, it's almost feels like he's been around forever.
0: He and he's has. only twenty,
1: and he's only twenty four.
0: Honestly, I was shocked when you said he was twenty four. I'm like, oh my gosh, he's that old now? Because I remember him being drafted and owning shares of him in dynasty leagues in 2016. And, jeez, that's just that's a long time ago. Hopefully, he gets a shot it's at some kind point of, this year.
1: Yeah, kind of. It's it's kind of almost like I mean, different different things. But, because of injury with the other guy, but it's it's almost like Alex Reyes, like the hitting version of where you just haven't seen it enough. Mm-hmm. And like I don't know, I just wanna, I just wanna see it a little bit, you know. Like Alex Reyes hasn't had a lot of opportunity either. His is more injury related, but just something I thought of. They're both elite prospects at one point.
0: They were both on my same real dynasty team ago, that year. But, yeah. <laughs> Um, what about Luis? I Garcia? Still, I,
1: I still have hope for both of them. I tell you, but it's, it's getting tougher each year. Of yes, course. it is.
0: Luis Garcia. Do you think he plays much for the Nats this year? He did okay when he played.
1: Uh, yeah, maybe they've got, uh, they've got Starlin in there, right? Mm-hmm. Starlin and Trey. That's yeah, probably going to take an injury. I guess I, I don't know what they're planning on at third. I think they've got Keeboom listed there. and I would guess probably one injury. I don't know if he'll be a, playing every day too much, but possibly, yeah. If they – you know, guys are always getting hurt and moved around a little bit and struggling. And never know. But I wouldn't project a ton. I, I don't think it's real uh, real exciting until he you – know, he's not somebody I would think much about in a redraft league until he was locked into playing time. All
0: right. Uh, we got a final listener question. I think I'm going to save this for the shortstop episode actually, because Chris Winder asked about which veteran do the Red Sox sign, sign to stomp down Jeter Downs. And we'll talk about Jeter Downs next week and, Who knows, maybe they'll end up signing one of these guys to be their second baseman, but most of these guys we've already talked about or we'll talk about next week anyways. Um, And we'll be talking about the whole down situation. So, we'll move into the question I always ask at the end, which is the the fill-in-the-blank question. Andrew, the three second basemen I'm most likely to draft in 2021 are...
1: Ozzy Albie's, Jose Altuve, and Tommy Edman.
0: Yeah, those are good ones. Uh, mine are probably Altuve
1: and John Birdie. Sorry. There you go. go so
0: on. you get four. <laughs> I know Jose Altuve and Colton Wong are my top two. The third one's a little harder for me to guess. I might be able to, it might be Andres Jimenez. I might be one of those that's trying to grab him in that spot where he's going now. So I'm going to throw him as my third.
1: Yeah, that's a good one too.
0: Uh, Okay, now the next one. The least likely to draft are?
1: Oh, um. Brandon Lau. And Brandon Lau.
0: <laughs> There's more than that.
1: <laughs> well, I don't really want to lump Lemayhew in because he he is so good. Like it's. But yeah, I'm I'm just I'm not getting I'm not taking him at 29. Like if we're just basing it off of ADP, like I know I'm not taking him at 29. So.
0: And he'd have yeah, to pull pretty good for you to get him, for you to, before you'd even consider him. So, yeah, I think he belongs on this list for you.
1: Yeah. Yeah. LeMayhew, Brandon Lau, and we will say. It's
0: Kevin Vigio, Cron- right?
1: Cronenworth.
0: Oh, there you go. That's another one.
1: Yeah, probably Kevin Vigio, too, but I don't want to hate on the, the real good guys too much, so.
0: Yeah, Lemayhew's up there for me. Uh the the definite one who as I said before, Nick Madrigal. I definitely belongs on that list for me. And then Yeah, it's probably Lau Biggio, one of those guys, LeMayhew. They're all they're all on that list too for me. So I think we're in pretty good agreement on a lot of our second basemen that we like and dislike on this one. Uh so I guess that covers it. We've gone for a while here as we've talked about this position. Any final words you want to throw in before we get out of here and get move on to shortstop?
1: No, I think that's that's it. Shortstop's similar. It's nice. I mean, it's cool because we're getting into the positions now with uh, those skill sets are a little bit different. You know, like first and third base, it's all pretty much the same, mostly. Uh, but, yeah, now we're getting into where some guys are speed guys and some guys are power guys. So, yeah, it's good stuff. Shortstop will be fun. It's a lot of talent at that position.
0: Yeah, yeah. Most definitely. There's a lot of sexy names going very early in drafts and at shortstop. And after that's outfield where there's even more. So, we're getting into the meat and potatoes of the hitters here, I think, with shortstop and outfielder coming up. But as I said at the top of the episode, congratulations, Andrew, well, as on our 100th episode here, as we're in the, on the second part. Pretty awesome that we've made it two years.
1: Yep. Yeah, it's, man, 100 episodes. It's crazy. Yep. Can't believe it.
0: Yep. So, hopefully, we'll be back to get you 100 more starting next Friday. That's the plan. So until then, take care, everybody. Yeah, take care, guys. Thanks again for listening to the Baseball 365 podcast with Justin Hughes and Andrew McQuiston. Be sure to check the show notes for all the details on today's episode, along with quick links to Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question, a comment, or a suggestion, we would love to hear from you. You can find us at the Baseball 365 Facebook group or send an email to us baseball365pod at gmail.com and if you like the show, take a moment write us on iTunes once again, please join the Baseball 365 community on Facebook that's where baseball lives 365 days a year